Spider-Man, Spider-Man does whatever a spider can. Spins a web any size, catches thieves just like flies. Look out, here comes a Spider-Man. Is he strong? Listen, Episode 169 for February 2012. The Spider-Man Crawl Space Podcast is sponsored by MailOrderComics.com. They have today's comics at yesterday's prices. An example of their great prices is on the Spider-Man Secret Origins trade. This one gets you caught up just in time for the upcoming movie with the origins of the Spider-Man and the Lizard. This one collects Amazing Fantasy 15, Amazing Spider-Man number 6, 82 and 90, along with Spectacular Spider-Man number 27. The cover price is $14.99. Mail order has it for just $9.29. So check them out at mailordercomics.com. Also look for them on Facebook. Just type in Mail Order Comics. Welcome back, gang. We're starting this episode with Tackling Spider Reviews. We've got four issues this month. In the interest of time, we're going to combine, uh, basically because it's basically two stories. Uh, we're going to do Amazing 677 and Daredevil number 8, both written by Dick. I mean, I'm sorry. Yes. <laughs> <Don't you're right. laughs> Yikes. Mark, What's his name? Dick. Mark Dick Wade move. move. I mean, Dick Wade. I mean, no. What, what the hell is his name? Mark, Mark Wade. Wade. award-winning comic book writer Mark Wade, also known Dick, as Dick, Guy Dick Wade? <laughs> I accidentally said Dick Wade. <laughs> okay, you deserve to get punched for that. <laughs> it's all good, so, it's you see Wade's what fault. It's Wade's fault for throwing out something so stupid. Oh, you're right. I agree. On, 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 on Straczynski's Facebook. That's all it is. Dick move. Dick move. Dick he, said, he said it to one creator, though, George. Remember? Just one creator. No, 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 no. <laughs> oh, no, yeah. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> I don't want to make it sound like he does that all the time. Yeah, we don't want to loop that. Oh, goddamn. Okay. <laughs> uh, 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 uh. Written by Mark Wade. I apologize, Mr. Wade. Uh, Art by Emma Rios. No, you're Uh, not. You're not sorry, Brad. Don't don't lie. You you did. For the love of God. Jesus, man. I'm sorry. (laughs) Okay, this one basically is Spider-Man and Daredevil team up, and Spider-Man's really lonely because he lost Carly Cooper, even though they made up at the coffee bar two issues ago. Go, go, Jr. Wait, <laughs> wait, 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 wait a minute. I've let off the last two of these debates, and they both uh, disintegrated into, uh, you know, start off with somebody else's time. <laughs> Make Jr. the closer on this. Uh, let's see. Start off with Don. He's the one that did that savage. Uh, he's, he's the one that did that savage rendering on on the uh, the website. Uh, let him have a crack at it. Don generally likes Amazing Spider-Man, except when this happens. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very good way to put it. People uh, only remember the negative shit that Donovan says and never the positive. Just like with Bailey, just like with anybody else on the site. Exactly. Go, Don. What do you think of this one? You you hated it from your front page review. All right, look. Let me start off with a question. <laughs> <laughs> I, may I ask you a question, Brad? 
Yes, sir. Go ahead. Is it possible for me to amend the past scores or views? Because I gave 676 an F. Right. And I asked, you know, all I want is Spider-Man. It, it wasn't that bad. Because like, I I, all I wanted is Spider-Man to appear. And then I got 677 written by Mark Wade. So you gave the last one an F. You're going to give this one a G. We'll get to there. Uh-oh. Goddamn. Um, <laughs> okay, first and foremost, the scene, I mean, I know you guys are going to hit this up. So I'm not going to spend too much time on this. But the whole scene with Carly Cooper is like a whiplash kind of complete 180 from how the character – how Dan Slott wrote the characters. You know, mm-hmm. Peter – I mean, we, we've already said Peter didn't care when they broke up. And then, like, we, they show up later on, and Peter is still not really bothered by seeing her. And this one, he's, like, trying to see my chemical romance. He has his face down. He's like, I'm so lonely. I was in love with a perfect woman, and my life was going uh, – my finally – after all these years, my life, which has never had any romantic fulfillment, is finally going my way for the first time ever. He did say perfect woman, didn't he? I, I thought you just made that up. I just looked. Brad, did you not get the panel. memo that Carly Cooper was the perfect woman for Peter? Because they've beaten you over the head with it now for like the last two years. Wow, they just – he yeah, uh, he's really depressed. And here Peter's telling you straight up, hey, she was perfect for me. She was the perfect woman. Have I mentioned how perfect okay, she was? But who, who hasn't said that after a girl dumped you? She was the perfect woman for me. Everyone says that. I think Don's point is, not to put it in your mouth, Don, but that's not bad. Uh, <laughs> Get it away from my mouth. But no. Uh, well, the, the previous issue they made up in the coffee shop, did they not? This is yeah, kind of just... Yeah, and then, and then someone yeah. put it up on CBR and Wacker said, well, in real life, people always do that, so shut up. Okay, all I asked... <laughs> All I asked for the last issue was for it to be about Spider-Man. You know, I, I didn't mind so much that he wasn't there, but he had no presence. And I wanted Spider-Man to have a presence. What we got was a pissant, ineffectual, inherently flaccid joke of a character. Wow. They put on with the gimmick of having Black Cat yeah. and Daredevil, you know, in this two-part, th- this piece. This three ninety nine piece, you know, I get the idea that people don't, People that, that, you know, Crawl Space, people think Crawl Space has, you know, we're, we're talking about this again, that, you know, we're too critical of the One More Day era. You know, we, we don't like this. We don't like that because we are seeing things in the stories and the character that, that annoy us. And I can empathize with that because there are things that I like, you know, things that we all like that other people don't like as well. So I can empathize with people, uh, you know, when they hear me or, or you guys talk about comments like this. But when you buy The Amazing Spider-Man under the banner of the world's greatest superhero – you expect mm-hmm. a modicum of respectability with the character. But in this story, there was absolutely none. And I know, I know, I know, people are saying, what about the arch? Uh, I know guys like Aaron and Brian and Tyler and all the guys who enjoyed this issue, uh, I, I believe, uh, will bring up the Daredevil Spider-Man scene at the end. I don't care. This was shite. And it comes down, to, <laughs> and it comes down with, with Peter's... <laughs> and I'm sorry... I'm, I'm sorry, Dan Slott. I'm sorry, Steve Wacker. I'm sorry, Comic Book Resources. I'm sorry your feelings are going to be hurt because I did not like this issue. I'm sorry I'm being negative because I went and bought one of my favorite comic book heroes of all time, spent good, well money on it, and expected to see him have an adventure. But I don't see how you can be a Spider-Man fan and, and read this. He is, he is always shown to be ineffectual. He, he, uh, tries to, he goes for rebound action with Black Cat, who gets turned down even though she slept with him before several times with no streets attached. He's going with it to go with his friend Daredevil, who says he never likes hanging out with him in the first place. Um, he's always with Daredevil. He's like, look out, Daredevil. And Daredevil's like, yeah, whatever. I mean, Daredevil is like shown to be a, a straight-edge kind of guy where Spider-Man's like this lumpy, kind of like, like, like sinking, saltering, kind of like, I don't know what to do. And, uh, and like, y- there were other aspects you guys were going to hit up with, 
But the characterization was just – it was just beyond incompetent. And for, for Mark Waite to do that, who was a genuinely amazing writer, for him to do that, like, this, this, this is, like, one of the most insulting Spider-Man books I've read at least this year. Um, for, so for that issue, I'll give it an H for making me hateful and hostile. I think the only pro, because there was a lot of cons there, was the race down the building. That was kind of cool. Well, it's not a pro in my eyes because while it was fun, it's still under the pretense of Spider-Man being a stupid character. Like, like it was amusing, yeah. but I, I've, I've read – and I love Daredevil. Daredevil was my, my, my number two under Spider-Man in terms of Marvel. Yeah. Like, I've read stories where they're, you know, buddies, and this whole time it's like Spider-Man's a sidekick, and that's insulting to me. Yeah. Bertoni, what's your t- thoughts? Well, well, I mean, you you pretty much summed up Daredevil eight too, because we're talking about both. Well, of I was gonna, I was going to hit up that, but you guys can go ahead. Well, no, d- real quick, hit Daredevil eight. We're going to okay, combine quick, two into one. Take too much time, but um, like I liked I liked it better than Spider Man because one, I like Daredevil and two, I thought it worked. I thought the dynamic with Spider Man sucking worked better because it's a Daredevil comic. But the thing, okay, with the thing with whole, the, the, the Felicia thing. In the context of the issue, I didn't mind her quote-unquote attraction to Daredevil and vice versa. I thought in the context of the issue, it worked well. I didn't mind the scene in the context of the issue. But within the context of how she's been written since she's returned and brand new day, it's just more of Marvel's, you know... It's, I mean, remember... And I, I, know, I remember back in the day when uh, my mom was alive, according to Mark Wade, where Felicia could show up and could say, Oh, hi, Felicia. How are you doing? <laughs> And now it's like, you know, every single time she wants to go down on somebody, every single time she's like drawn like Pamela Emerson, every single time. All, she's not a cat burglar. She's not a costume character. She's a sex object. And I'm sorry, Brad. I know you said she's all about sex, but you're fucking wrong. She- no! <laughs> wow. Oh, that's going in somebody's signature. Oh, wow. Wow. Okay, so like I like the issue better than Spider-Man, but it was still a bad story overall. I give it a D minus. Bacon's of truth today. My God, <laughs> George just handed Donovan and bit slapped me. I mean, good lord. I love you, Brad. Gee, wait till we talk. Wait till we talk about Brad versus later on in the show. Can't wait for the quotes to come out of that one. Brad huh. versus is that what you're saying? Oh my God. Uh, who the hell do I go after that? Um, Jr. You no, Jr. is the closer. But don't hit this one up. Oh, dear. Okay. Felicia. What, what, where has Felicia gone? Because Felicia used to be Down. one of my favorite characters. And now, and I was talking about this, you know, to Donovan. Uh, uh, like, we had a long talk about, like, the state of Felicia now. For a whole generation, like, while we're reading this, saying, like, this is wrong because Felicia acted like this in the 90s, this, this, this. This is how Felicia's been for years now. And for a whole generation of comic fans, this is in character for her. This is like, this is not only who she is now, this is how like a whole generation of readers is going to perceive her. And it's, you know, she was always morally ambiguous, but like, you know, it's been like ranked up to 11. And like, the fact remains, like she went straight years ago and Spider-Man, now now that she's like, ever since um, this, this started around the Carnage and Venom miniseries where Toxin appeared, where all of a sudden she was a cat burglar again, and then they did it in the Mark Millar run, too. Now that she's, like, a full-out burglar again, and Spider-Man and Daredevil know this, why are they, like, running around and, like, doing stuff with her? Like, oh, Felicia didn't steal this, even though she steals other things. Like, why doesn't Spider- why, why does she get a free pass? Like, 
if I was a mugger and Spider-Man, like, webbed me, I'd be like, well, that's not fair. You know, you're having sex with the black cat and she steals all the time. Like, what makes that okay? And it, it's a fine line that's gotten, you know, more. it's become more and more of a gray area. Uh, and, I mean, because Felicia is not Catwoman. Now, she has some similarities to Catwoman, but as time progressed, she developed into her own character. And I remember a Felicia that, like, and I use this example all the time, where in Maximum Carnage, where Peter didn't know what to do, he shows up at her apartment, you know, like no sexual tension, anything like that, and they have a cup of coffee, and he asks for her advice. This was someone that, like, he can trust and who had a level head on her shoulders. She would chicken And then she wound up saving him like, from carnage. Yeah, exactly. that's right. And yeah. She would, and, and she, she would chicken out sometimes or, like, you know, make the wrong decisions, but it was never. It, it, it was never like this now where it's, um, I thought about her and Daredevil game together, and actually, like, if she was to become a regular, like, love interest for Daredevil, I guess that would be okay. Uh, Thomas Mattis actually made one of the funniest things he's ever said. He actually said on the message board, well, Felicia's dead now, you know, because everyone that, like, hooks up with Matt Murdock dies. But, okay, I don't like the idea. Now, by the end of the story, we're supposed to believe that Felicia's, like, actually hooking up with Matt so she can sell him out to, like, this organization or whatever. I'm hoping yeah. that they're going to pull a fast one on us and, like, oh, well, Felicia was actually playing both sides against each other. But if that's really what Felicia's doing, like, if she's really just, like, going to sell Matt Murdock out, what happened to the character who Spider-Man, like, came to a maximum carnage to say, what will I do? What happened to the person who, like, you know who Mary Jane showed up at her doorstep in the clone saga, pregnant and crying, saying, I didn't know who else to turn to. What happened to that person? Now, I realize in the 80s, Felicia, you know, sold Spider-Man out and framed him for murder because he dared to save her from Sabretooth. But, like, <laughs> and, and this is the same person that was going to, like, date Flash Thompson the mess with Peter. But she got past that. Now, I mean, I, I don't like who she's become, and I don't like what she became in this. The story had its moments. Um... But I, I didn't like the Spider-Man Daredevil dynamic, like Sp Daredevil being like, "Oh, I hate teaming up with Spider-Man," and Spider-Man showing up when Daredevil's with his uh, love interest, whose name I forget. Um, uh, she's the assistant DA in his book. It, it's whoever, and like Spider-Man's like, "Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't know that you were trying to keep your identity a secret." Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Almost every conversation that these two have had. Like, even in the 1600, like, they're talking about, like, you know, and, and in Bendis' run, what, I, 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 didn't, I didn't know that you were, like, trying to, like, deny this thing. Oh, my gosh. This is the uh, most egregious piece of storytelling I've seen in a long time. Yeah. Oh, and then, like, the whole thing, like, hey, we caught Felicia stealing this thing on film. What was the thing that she stole? This thing that could make fake images and fake holograms that look real to security cameras. So our security cameras saw someone stealing something that can fake security camera images. It must be <laughs> accurate. <laughs> I was like, oh, I can see where this twist is going. Wow. So, Bertoni, uh, what's your grade? D plus. A what? D plus. D plus. Any, any pros? Well, I mean, I, I like the idea of, like, Felicia and, like, because I thought about it. I'm like, you know what? She would be a good Daredevil character if she wasn't so the way she is now. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 it had its moments, but it's, yeah, it's mostly, I can't think of any pros off the top of my head. Zach, I, I, 
I, I, I throw myself at the mercy of the critic. <laughs> pros? <laughs> Scoffing at my pros, any pros. Oh, this, uh, you, you remember, Brad, when I said that um, – this year, this last year ended with a thud with the Doc Ock and, and his merry, merry band of men issue came out. Right, and, and it says see next year for when we really take over the world. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, right. Can we have oh, more comment. of that, please? Because this was completely ass. No, I will still Kevin Cushing's line because he's not here, but he's here in spirit. It was prison ass. This thing was the biggest piece of a turd I've seen in a long, long time. <laughs> this... <laughs> This was the most, as I just said, not moments ago, the most egregious form of storytelling I've ever seen. The characterization was an Elseworlds story that apparently Mark Wade thought he was writing. Daredevil was uh, completely unrecognizable, which is sad considering I actually have liked what I've read from Daredevil's run since Mark. Did you see the previous issue with Daredevil in the snow with the kids, the blind kids? That was awesome. I, I didn't see that. But but it's an awesome book. Uh, it's like it's like somebody ghost wrote for uh, Mark Mark Dick Move Wade, and it it didn't turn out well. Um, <laughs> I did not like Rios's artwork in the uh, Amazing Issue. It, it did not speak to me. Her the eyes on Spider Man were just weird. Oh yeah. Um, and, and don't get me wrong, I, I've liked expressive eyes before. I was a big fan of it whenever uh, Mike Ringo was doing it. Yeah, but these are slits of eyes. You yeah. can barely see them. Yeah, yeah. This, uh, I mean, I it almost looks like a line of the web is his eyes. Yeah, that was the mask was written was drawn wrong in my opinion. I thought that's like the, the worst way you could yeah. draw Spider-Man's mask. Yes, uh, did not like the mask at all. Uh, I did like the witty banter between uh, between Daredevil and Spider-Man, but Spider-Man in his own book is made to look like a chump, and that's that's just egregious. You know, at least balance it out. If you're gonna make him look can like you a say chump, egregious one more time. <laughs> Synonyms. My my apologies. There, George. <laughs> I didn't say apologize. I said I'm looking here to say egregious again. <laughs> I'm looking at this page where Spider-Man is going underground with Daredevil, and the eyes are so small on him. It yes. literally looks like a line of the web. Yeah. Where it says like Wi-Fi projector, hologram projector. That is that's just that's too expressionistic. Yeah, well, and it's 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 too stylistic. Yeah, and and, and you know, I, I thought artwork wasn't bad on the cloak and dagger mini, but yeah. for Spider Man, I don't. I think it's off. Yeah, it just didn't. It just doesn't. It, I'm not saying she's a bad artist. I'm saying that she's. I don't think no, she's, she's not a bad artist. No. Yeah, right, right. Just so, references. And and. You know, we're gonna get. I'm sorry that I'm being overly negative. I, I was kind of hoping for a change of pace, but uh, definitely not Mark Wade. <laughs> yeah. Let's leave Dick Move over on his Dick Move books. <laughs> Grade. Uh, uh, I'm gonna give it a D plus as well. Uh, I'm not gonna give it a straight F, but I'm gonna try to be less lenient. That's my new or less um, less harsh on the books. That's my New Year's resolution. All right, Where's George. February, jackass. I know. But your 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 two cents on the two books. Um well, you know, everybody's already covered a lot of, of you know, the negative on this book, so I'm not gonna take up a lot of time reiterating you know, things have already been said. It was funny to me that, you know, Peter starts off moping about the perfect woman and then this greatest love ever that he's lost and then immediately loses it when he sees titties. 
Yeah, you gotta admit you do get a little confused if you see Teddy. Because Carly Carly Cooper was apparently so perfect that she can be forgotten in three seconds when he sees the black cat. (laughs) Right, just like hipster as opposed to the black cat. And and in the past you've talked about how it's an editor's role to find continuity problems and blah blah blah. And isn't this a big continuity error if they've just made friends two issues ago in a coffee bean, and now he's yeah, but he's over her, obviously, in that book. He's clearly over her. Um, he's over it, Well, that is the editor's fault. Uh, but, well, you know, like you know I what? said, that's her life, apparently. But you know what? We're also uh, we're also not the audience for this. He is. Oh, sorry. Remember? Yeah, hey, I remember. So it's just like with the art? Yeah. yeah. So anyway, um, this was bad. This is, this is like this, – and this made me think, you know, while we were talking about this today about – I really wish Spider-Man now would have been rebooted, and and we had a different, a completely different Spider-Man, so that they could be screwing up completely different characters, rather than <laughs> taking you know long established characters that you know we know and love, and and twisting them around and misusing them and writing them completely out of character. I wish this was completely different people. I wish Spider-Man was a twenty-year-old Miles Morales, Ed, Ed Travers, <laughs> I, you know, or whatever. You know, or just call him Bob Smith from Queens. Bob Smith from uh, from the Upper West Side. I, you know, <laughs> something. And Daredevil is uh, a guy named, uh, you know, uh, Jack. Murdoch, you know, Matt. Jack Benson. Whatever. You know, Wilson uh, <laughs> is now Daredevil and the legacy character of Daredevil. Because <laughs> it is, it is painful. You know, it's it's just bad. Um, What's a great sir? No, this gets a D for uh, for a dick move and. Uh, <laughs> And not only that, this was so bad, I didn't read the second part. Oh, yeah. This was so bad. And, you know, because I get these from my from my friend. I actually wrote these two or read these two at his – or read the first one at his house, mm-hmm. 677, and it said Daredevil 8, and he had, he had got that. And I said, no, I'm not finishing that. I'm sorry. I'm done. You're done. And I didn't I, – I, Emma Rios, I'm not going to say she's not talented, you know, because I, I never do that. I never say an art, a professional artist is not. But that's just, this is just not my style. I don't like her take on Spider-Man at all. I agree. <laughs> the uh, like I said, the cloak and dagger mini she did was good. I thought the Osborne art was off. Uh, but I think she's she's a moody artist where it's she might look good at Batman. Nah, I wouldn't care for no? it. No, no. Personally, personally for me, I would not care for it. But she might. Who would she be good with besides Cloak and Dagger? Uh, maybe Wolverine. Yeah, maybe. Maybe a Moon Knight. Maybe, maybe a Paladin. I'll give you that. Any, something Street Devil. Uh, you know, Luke Super Punisher, maybe. All right, we've got a D, a D, a, a G. An H. And a, oh, an, H. Oh, oh, an H, I'm sorry, it's an H. Uh, Tony, what was your grade? A D? Plus? A D minus. A D plus, yeah, excuse me. D, D plus, okay, and, and now, if I gave Daredevil an amazing H a D, then it's double D. Ah, nice. Double D for yeah, BC. Right. Black Cat. Double D for Black Cat. Um, Jr. We're closing with you, sir. Are you going <laughs> to this anything above a D? No, absolutely not. Uh, be- <laughs> No, absolutely not. Uh, first of all, I've got to ask: Is anybody else tired of these? Uh, 
Daily Bugle intros on page one, you know, where they try to sum up the story or sum up what's going on. And, and it, it seems like someone's just trying to be more clever than they really are. Yeah, they're kind of right. I agree. In, in, in the way they write them. I mean, it's just they're just absolutely obnoxious. You know, you're really getting tired of those. Um, and, you know, in, in looking at the like spider history, you know, for example, I had to do a little bit of reading to prepare for spider history. And there's a marked difference in the Peter Parker in those stories and in the Peter Parker in these stories. I mean, and I don't know, I, I don't know why this has to be, but he, you know, in, in the older stories, even in the nineties, he was at least a somewhat semi-intelligent adult, you know, and, and here he's just an utter buffoon and everybody treats him like a buffoon. You know, De uh, Daredevil treats him like his de his de developmentally challenged little brother. You know, <laughs> That's absolutely true. I mean, he go he goes. I mean, and and these guys were friends. I mean, they weren't the best of friends, but you know, and 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 his relationship for Felicia has been, you know, and Bertoni, you know, uh, touched on it earlier. I mean, it's just been totally deep sixed instead of an intelligent relationship between adults. I mean, it's two teenagers. You know, it's two horny teenagers used to protect each other. Remember, J. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, they, they even though they were no longer in love, although Felicia was still in love with him, I think there was some respect, you know, and and there was a certain amount of affection and willingness to protect and look out for each other, you know, and that's completely gone. You know, it, it's like, you know, not only do I wonder, you know, have we ever found out how she got her bad luck powers back? Has has that ever been? Have we ever found that out? Yeah, you know, yeah, uh, yeah. Actually, it was I in a web of Spider Man. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. So, did we ever find out how she became a total skank? Now, you know, I mean, <laughs> that was in Skank of Spider-Man. <laughs> you know, in the comics, who, who, who? I mean, in in, in Spider-Man, you know, jumps, you know, starts going after her like a lovesick juvenile. I mean, it, it, uh, that's pathetic. And and then he blurts out Daredevil, you know, to Murdoch blurts out Daredevil's name. I mean, this is a guy who just, you know, who made a deal with the devil. So that everybody would forget his secret identity, in addition to saving Aunt May, you know, and was willing to sacrifice his marriage, you know, and and then all of a sudden, you know, he's willing to blurt out, you know, Matt, you know, Daredevil's secret identity right in front of a busy street. Um, I'll, I, you know, I remember Don in his review said that he didn't think that Mark Wade understood Spider-Man, and I, I I hesitate to always say. I mean, that's always a that's, I hesitate to use that as a criticism because it's, when someone doesn't like something, it's an old fallback. Like, you know, like when the new Star Trek movie came out, you know, somebody didn't like something that said, said, said well, Leonard Nimoy wasn't really portraying Spock right. It's like, what? <laughs> you know, it, or, or this isn't truly Gene Roddenberry's Star Trek. But, you know, most people who say that have absolutely no idea what they're talking about. You know, but but obviously between this and House of M, I really understand whether or not Wade understands Spider-Man's character. If he's if if this is his idea of Spider-Man, you know, uh, then he, obviously he doesn't understand Spider-Man. And I wasn't even interested in reading Daredevil number eight, much like George, although I burned stole it just to see how it. And the and the resolution is totally stupid. You know, the resolution is idiotic, you know, and, and, and I'm one, I'm not even so sure I understood it, you know. <laughs> I'm glad you say that, because I didn't understand the ending either. I mean, it's like or I had to read, okay, there's this weird, there's this weird guy who represents uh, another group that we, I mean, how many of these secret super groups do we have to have? AIM and Hammer and, she, and you know, Hydra, and what was what he representing? The Black Facades Sheet. or something, you know? Uh, 
you know, it was some group I had. <laughs> I, the super yeah. secret service society. Yeah, this, this, story, this story was a fail, you know, and of course it winds up where we have to have a sex scene in with Daredevil and Felicia, you know, and it's it's it, it gets a D for me definitely. I mean, it was it was abomination. It was a horrible story. Do you think it's a matter of the writer not knowing the history of Spider-Man like we do, or do you think they're wanting to take a character back to a mold they remember? I don't even know if there's that much thought going into it. It doesn't seem like that much effort was put into this story. I mean, the the whole thing with Peter being so down and haggard about breaking breaking up with Carly Cooper that she's the perfect woman, it doesn't even sound like he's even been read the last few issues of Amazing Spider-Man. All he heard is, oh, Peter and Carly broke up. Okay, I'll write it this way. Um, yeah. I, 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 think if, I, I think ascribing him any kind of, uh, you know, that he's trying to do something, I think is assuming too much. I don't think he put that much effort into it. Okay. D, well, I, I'm assuming your grade. What's your grade yep, on, No, Jared? I said it was a D. Oh, you, oh, you said D. Okay. Oh, hey, Jay, I'll hey, give it a, hey, Brad, can I, can I say something real quick? Yeah. yeah. You know, the um, <clears throat> JR just brought that up, you know, about how he doesn't want to say that people just don't understand the character. I think this is a point of them not really making an attempt to get the character. They're just going to write them however the hell they want them because they know there's people out there who will just read it and say, oh, this is the best suspense in Stan and Jack without knowing really – or Stan and Steve without really knowing what, it, what the hell they're talking about to begin with. You know? mm-hmm. So I, I think there's a lot of that. I, I, from, from Slot, I think it's – I give – Slot props for knowing Spider-Man's history. I just don't think he understands the character at all, or or the or the character's extended universe. Wade, I don't think really has never shown me that he's really ever been familiar with it to begin with. Mm-hmm. So, and I don't think he's really made an attempt. He's just writing what he wants to write, which is you know all these. Oh you know, yeah, I mean. Or, yeah, I mean, to bring up House of M again, I mean, Wade had Peter Parker being a mentally ill douche who faked being the Green Goblin, <laughs> who, who faked being the Green Goblin, you know, because he was he was so mentally ill because he couldn't reconcile, uh, I guess, the something about, I don't know. And then he fakes his own suicide at the end and goes off fishing. You know, that was, that, I mean, no, yeah, that is, yeah, does anybody remember that besides yeah, me? JR, JR, oh, what, yeah, J.R., what it was? Yeah. I didn't read on House of Where they're he, all reading uh, his diary, and Ahmed's, and Ahmed's like, aha, I lived all of you, and they're like, yeah, but you always have heart attacks. Well, that was funny. <laughs> but it, <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, yeah, like he'll be off and married Mary Jane. Yeah. To, to hit my review up, I really can't add any more that you guys have said, with the exception of one pro that nobody mentioned, which I thought was kind of witty, where Spider-Man sees Daredevil no. and Black Cat kissing, and he goes, I think this is my supervillain origin, which was, I, I laughed a little bit. However, I was still very confused at the end. I don't know how the hell they ended, they, they won. Basically, somebody <laughs> hired I don't the Black Cat to, like, they, 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 they framed her and Spider-Man for no reason. So Black Cat would go to that, that building so they could tell Black Cat to steal something from Daredevil that they knew Daredevil had. So the only way she could do that was to, like, blow his cock. And that was the picture she fired. Why didn't they just frame Matt Murdock oh so that they could get the item from Matt so that they could get the item I'm, I'm, from him? I don't mean to be crass. I don't, I don't mean to be vulgar, but, crude, but I just said that line. My God. <laughs> This is all and damn time in these comic books. They have to have women written like this. I'm so damn tired of it. Donovan, you're just a hater, and you've lost your love of the hobby. I hate misogyny. I hate sexism. I hate them being written like this. I hate being. I, I hate comic books being written by like alpha male virgins who don't know how to write women. I'm sorry. Oh. 
Wow. Oh, virgins. Holy. Oh, moving on to 678, 679. Don's about to blow a gas. <laughs> oh, my God. Woo! Woo! Oh. I missed that's back. Um, <laughs> so it's Ramos, and this one, this title of this book is called uh, Alpha Male Virgins. No, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a <laughs> I Kill Tomorrow, Part 1 of 2, yeah. Schrodinger's Catastrophe. And wait, look, when you read that, there's a uh, return of Bambi, who we haven't seen since she was sunbathing on the top of his building. I, I like that a lot. Actually, uh, we started, let, who haven't we started with? Bertoni, we haven't started with you. 678, 679, the two-parter, we're summoning both of them up. What do you think of these two? I, I love how this was heralded by you as, like, the return of Bambi, who was in, the like, return all, of Bambi, yes. Who was, who was in all of one page. Uh, it, it's, it's I did. I love uh, on, my, on the latest Betty article I did, like, there was some commenter that said, like, just randomly out of nowhere, like, well, when's Bambi going to return? We haven't seen her in forever. I'm like, actually, check the latest issue of Amazing. She shows back up. Uh, yeah. I like this. This is these, this two-parter. It was, like, low-key. They didn't try and do, like, nothing will ever be the same again. You know, Spider-Man's world will change forever. This was just a nice, you know, like, two-parter Spider-Man story, you know, like the kind that we used okay. to get. This wasn't, you know, prelude to ends of the earth, you know, post, you know, post Spider Island hashtag, the origin of the speed. This wasn't some big epic event. It was just a fun Spider-Man story. I had some problems with it. Like, okay, Horizon Labs, these are the smartest, like, scientists ever, and we live in the Marvel Universe, but Grady Scraps can pull a time machine out of his butt oh, no. like that. <laughs> and, 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 and he's so and he's so he's so casual about it. <laughs> look at this. Like, 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 so, yeah, like, like, look, look at this thing like, I just pulled straight out of my ass. <laughs> <laughs> it's a time machine big enough for uh, for us to walk through. Yeah. Out oh, of my, my ass. <laughs> Doctor wow. Newman Reed Richards have one, but like if Horizon Labs like patents this, like they they can like literally change the world. But I um I did not notice this Easter egg at first until somebody mentioned it on, I think, Slot's Form Spring or something. Uh, but apparently, like, Spider-Man says that he'd rather have a banana on the first page, and that's a callback to some old commercial where Spider-Man defeats, like, a, a copyright-friendly version of Godzilla, and he says, I'd like a banana. And it's like, Spider-Man says, eat bananas. I was like, oh, okay. That, that's a nice Do you all know what he means? No. There's like there's like a, like like what he said. There's a commercial like like a PSA where Spider-Man is like endorsing fruit and like they gave him. The, oh, he, I have seen that. Yeah. Yeah. Where yeah. did he say, say it in these books though? And the, on the two-page uh, like uh, title first, page. Right before he meets Bambi. Brad, oh, okay. Brad completely missed yeah. it. I guess Oops. I don't. Lily missed I'm, it. I was so I was so enamored with Bambi returning. I was. Uh, <laughs> Forgot to look at the banana. Well, I, I've never seen crazy. like I've never seen this commercial before. They like offer Spider-Man like the key to the city, and there's a big parade, and he's like, "I'd rather have a banana." And I'm like, "That's what?" But okay, yeah, I got it. I got it. Uh, the okay, the continuity stuff here. Where, you know, like the JR's talked about it before. It's not like where it is that Zach or is that what's going on? That's JR. <laughs> okay, JR's. JR's talked about it before, where it's like, you know, continuity porn, where you make the... It was... I loved it, though. I oh, loved oh, yeah, it. I know. I'm, I'm making the, the facade. I'm making the I mean, come on. Mm-hmm. This the is how you do it. Was, yeah. Like, I mean, we have, 
What else did we have in here? We had Facade. That was awesome. We had Bambi. We had what uh, else? Doc Ock and Nat May getting married. Yeah. That was awesome. Uh, I didn't like that as much, but... Uh, but, but yeah, it's uh, like in Spider Island hashtag where Ben Grimm's like, boy, isn't it a good thing that you, Alicia Masters, you know, turn into a spider for two issues of Marvel two in one like ages ago? That's continuity porn. It served no purpose. I don't care if everyone else was turned into spiders. It's, but this was like Bambi returning was they didn't. They didn't draw Peter attention didn't to say, it. Yeah, Peter didn't, like, draw, like, over-attention to it through Sloth by saying, boy, I'll never forget you, my son-baby neighbor. I bet you that other people forgot about you, but I sure didn't. They didn't do that. It was, like, it was very low-key, and if you didn't know who she was, you would just think that this is Peter Parker on his way to work being friendly with people. The the facade thing was funny. Um, Yeah, I love that. Yeah. The joke worked and they didn't draw it out. They didn't call too much attention to it. So I like this kind of thing. You missed it the first time, didn't you? Form. Thank you, didn't, didn't, didn't You missed it the first time. I think I think uh, when we were talking oh, about yeah. it, you said you, you didn't even uh, notice I re- that. I read this at lunch, and uh, I must have, like, skipped that panel or something, and Don's like, what do you think of the facade thing? And I said, huh? And, like, he directed me to the panel. I was like, oh, that's funny. I thought yeah. that the first issue was too short. Somebody mentioned online that there was apparently a few pages cut from it, because when it stopped, it felt very abrupt for me. And then I went online and I found out why. Uh, why? Why was it short? Why did it oh, get sh- cut? Oh, I, uh, I, I mean, I, I found out why it felt short for me, meaning that like there was two pages that like were I, I don't know why the two pages were missing or something, but hmm. it's what it was. Okay. Uh, so, so what's yeah. great? I'll, I'll give this two-parter a B. Okay. It was, uh, there was something about Grady Scraps. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay, so Peter said, Greg, Greg, the psychic mind block is gone. Grady's got to know that Peter is Spider-Man after this. <laughs> oh, my God, if I'm gone, Spider-Man can't save the world. Let me call my friend Spider-Man. He's going to talk to you while I'm going to be absent. I, I, and again, I can build a time machine, know. but I can't figure out that Peter and Spider-Man are the same person when they're talking to me on the same damn Bluetooth. Right. <laughs> There's just no way he says Spider-Man, no, Peter. It's comics, and you have to have some suspension of disbelief, you know, with the secret identity, but that, that was a pretty big one. This was, this was a nice, fun Spider-Man story. The continuity references were, they tickled me. It wasn't pornographic, so B+. Okay. Uh, Zach, what do you think, sir? Pro and con and grade. Uh, let's see. Grade. I'll go with the grade first. I get, I'm going to give this a B as well. Uh, I enjoyed it much, much better than the astastic prison ass-tacular. <laughs> the uh, astastic Spider-Man. <laughs> um, no, astastic would be, you know, a good thing. Anyway, but <laughs> um, I, I really enjoyed the two-parter. Uh, Ramos's art was particularly strong. I think the inker did a better job than some of the ink work that was seen in Spider Island. Not nearly as sketchy. Uh, it was legible and actually, uh, you know, very, very crisp and clean. Uh, not as crisp and clean as some other people, other artwork, but it is definitely one of the um, one of the better uh, efforts by Mr. Ramos. So I'll give him kudos for that. I loved the opening scene. Um, yeah, it was a great scene. I thought it. And it, it, <laughs> I think it was done on on uh, either. The front page, the or the message board that said, "Wow, the uh, uh, the the characterization is jarring <laughs> between last issue and this issue." 
it is uh, definitely so much different now with yeah, the still slot. A nerd, actually. I think still a nerd. Was it st- oh, was it still a nerd? Okay. It, it <laughs> My bad, still a nerd. Um, but definitely uh, a well-done story. A kind of a fun story. My big, my big pro was uh, that it was kind of back to the futury, and it kind of made you think. Um, my big con, and I'm surprised nobody's mentioned this, is since when does Silver Sable make out with Spider Man? She kind of detests him. Last mm. time I checked, <laughs> that's me. All the time. Thank you. Well, you know, another thing about. Another thing about Silver Sable is she's been kicked out of – what's the name of her country? Sincaria. Yeah, if you re- read the Heroes for Hire, she's being hired because she's been kicked out of her country, yet in this book she's not. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was odd. But. Uh, well, maybe you know, before or after, or maybe they should have coordinated it. Yeah. Well, you know, and here, here's another thing is, you know, with Peter, this, this concept of possibly making a, an alternate reality – Maybe when he fixed reality, it kind of made some some reverberations and some some wiggles, so to speak, some some way, um, ripples in the in the in the space time continuum. Because I mean, it's just like in the Amazing Five Hundred when when uh, Gwen Stacy was suddenly conscious <laughs> for no reason. Hell yeah! Uh, um, whoops. whoops. You know, so you know you could have little slight altercations, and so maybe that in the ripple effect, he may have lost that, or that could have, that could be a way of explaining continuity errors. But you know, or maybe it's a but continuity you, error. <laughs> who, who knows? But who knows? Uh, but definitely, definitely. So you like give this one a B, right? Yep, definitely enjoyed it. Okay, uh, George. Um, I I like Ramos's art. I think I'm probably like the lone person who consistently likes his art. Um, I like that uh, Mary Jane is indirectly responsible for saving it and that we don't see Carly at all. Um, I, shouldn't we see Carly if we go by last issue? No. <laughs> he's still pining over her. Yeah, he's still pining over her, right? It, it, I, I did like the part where, you know, Peter is like trying to figure out what's going on and the, the world's ending and, and he's talking to Mary Jane and he's like, no, I just no, I'm supposed to be, I'm, I think I'm supposed to be here with you right now. Yeah, that was nice. That was nice, and um, so I'll give Slut uh, props for that. Um, I think it does prove that uh, a time machine is far safer in the hands of someone like Doctor Doom than the the tubby kid from Tricor. Great <laughs> um, scraps. Yeah, great scraps. What a horrible name. Um, this do, this this does lose a grade for completely getting a black or a silver sable wrong. Pardon me. Um, yeah, she. I mean, e- even when she has worked with Spider Man in the past, there's been you know, sort of like a respectful tension between them. Like, you know, I wonder what, you know, what there may be more about him or anything. It never really went further than anything, say, with him and Gene DeWolf. Like the assassination plot. Right. Remember when they, he was in the uh, the tux and she was in the dress and they were at a dinner That's together? Amazing. Right, and they were still professional. You know, she's yeah, all about being professional. Um, she doesn't get some. So, yeah, I, I like seeing Silver Sable back, but not if she's going to be misrepresented and, you know, if, if the writer's just going to go out of his way to prove he doesn't really know much about the character to begin with. Um, so, according to you, that's two women and two issues that have been misrepresentation. Right, because it's relatable to me. You know, th- this makes the character more relatable to be kissed by the head of state, by, by this ultra-hot <laughs> head of state in an alley. I, I couldn't mm-hmm. I couldn't relate to the character when he was married to a supermodel that he'd known since he was a teenager. But I can relate to him being being the guy who kisses, you know, the, a foreign national. Heads of state. 
who just happens to be a supermodel hottie in an alleyway. That that I get totally. I in the alley, yeah. Yeah, I think we can also, I think we can all say that, right? Stay classy, um, Silver Sable. Right, right, right. There's a right. guy named uh, Fury who goes on a bunch of message boards, and he's been begging Slot to have Silver Sable and Spider-Man get together for a long time now. And on one of the message boards that he frequents, like when this issue came out, they're like, "Oh, Darth Fury must be happy." So he's at he's at home reading this uh, and uh, getting furious with himself. Is what you're saying? Probably. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, no. Oh. 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 All right, so I'm gonna give I'm gonna give this one. Um, Damn. I'll 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 give it a C. Um, it, I don't know. I I think. It, <laughs> Slot's thing, he jumps around so much. He's so frenetic from scene to scene that after a while it gets hard to follow. It's like you're it's like you're watching, you know, anime. Don, does that make sense? Well this is actually something that I always disagree with you, uh, in terms of Slot's pacing. I actually I actually think he does great pacing, but um I mean to his is to each his own. Yeah, but you like see that's the thing. You like Are you it's, it's like anime? You like a lot of anime and I like very little anime. That's what I'm saying. His his, his yeah. The pacing is very anime, which you like, but you know, to me, I, I it's. I think it depends on the show. Honestly, yeah, I never, I never really distracting. George, what did you think of the continuity stuff, Bambi and the facade and and uh, um, etc. I thought that was cool. Well, you know, so, yeah, it's cool to see it. I mean, but Slots always dropped that out before. Slots always try to drop off. See how much I know about Spider-Man. It's almost like you know, fictional name dropping. You don't like it? Um, no, it's fine. I like. I, I just wish if I'm going to see Silver Sable, I wish, you know. Yeah. It was more true to character. Okay. Um, that that would have been great. I, I wouldn't have minded that so much. But yeah, I do, But I did. I like seeing. I like seeing the scene with uh, with Peter and Mary Jane, and and her inadvertently telling him, her proving to him. Oh, by the way, jackass! While everyone, including my writer and editor, are telling you that uh, <laughs> that that she's the perfect woman for you, I actually am. Just FYI. Um, Here, let me cover the bill while your you know cheap ass runs out to say hey. <laughs> um, you know, awesome. kind of All right, <laughs> Jr. What do you think of this one, sir? Uh, well, I, I don't think it was anything special, I, but you know, I don't think it was anything particularly bad. I gave it a C, uh, but it's kind of interesting that, um, and I don't know if this has been brought up before, but remember how you know in issue 677, Peter's you know feeling sorry for himself down the dumps because you know he had the perfect woman and she got away from him, blah, blah, blah. Whereas when he wakes up in issue number 678, he's saying, yeah. and for once in my life, everything's going my way. <laughs> That's a good point. Because he's talked Very about how he's, you know, he's got a great job, he's on the Avengers, the Fantastic Four, you know, and it's everything's going my way. Whereas just, you know, last issue was, oh, God, I'm such a miserable piece of shit, you know, because the perfect woman <laughs> put that on me. So, you know, I, ah, I, that's I, a great point. I understand moodiness, you know, quite well, but uh, th- this th- this is not moodiness. This is uh, psychopathic. But anyway. Um, or, or it's bad continuity between issues, which well, you know, should. And, uh, and bad writing, you know. And bad. Yeah. Well, it's two different people that wrote the book. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's bad writing on yeah. the prior part. <laughs> exactly. I'll give you that. So, uh, And this is more evidence that Peter doesn't miss Carly that much. Um Yep. But but one of the the problems I have is is why why are people acting stunned by a time machine when the Fantastic Four have been hanging on their dooms for the last fifty years, you know, and when everybody's you know routinely traveling through time and space or whatever, and you know wh- why did why why does Grady Scraps even think anybody will care about you know going into the dining room of tomorrow? 
I don't understand, you know, you know why that's an exciting thing. Uh, and why is Madam Web a regular character in this comic book? Uh, because John Sipper wrote the comic oh, book. That's why. Uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, you know what? It's like all of a sudden, you know, it's like she's only there. She's only there in this case because to derail some logical. Uh, plot points. In other words, Spider-Man would naturally go for help. Oh no, we got it. We got to. We got to find a way to to get rid of that common sense idea. So we'll inter- we'll bring this character in who says, "No, you can't do something that makes sense because that will derail the story." So okay, that's fine. You get the only good thing about her being in the book was they gave her some humanization with the her with the daughter. Well, actually, I and hope the- that Joe Casada retcons the daughter out of existence because I can't. <laughs> I can't relate. I can't relate. To a character that has a teenage daughter. I mean, I just can't. Oh, when she was, when yeah. she was on Avengers about, West Coast, she had the daughter. Yeah, but I, I just can't relate. That, scene. that was one of the worst scenes of the issue. Yeah. What with Madame Web? Yeah. You, someone talked about on the show about how everyone's always trying to like steal like you know the laugh and like here like she's like talking about like the the world ending with Spider Man. She's like, I told my daughter to wear a jacket, but did she listen? No. What? Oh, I thought uh, that was actually that's I... that's the perfect mother of a daughter. Trust me, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it'll, it'll, they, they will tangent and derail on the craziest of things. But not speaking from personal experience, of course, just what I've heard. <laughs> Hypothetically, from Jr. Yeah. So C out of you. So it wasn't the worst thing ever. No, although you know we've got Flag Smasher, a guy with a name so dumb I can't believe he's a real super hit. Super <laughs> Uh, I, I don't know he was. I don't know he was a, an established character until I reviewed the issue. Yeah, I've heard of Flag Smasher. Yeah, and uh, I did like some of the end jokes. I do, I do like slots. You know, te- seeing how much he knows, I kind of do like that. And I always interpreted the Silver Sable kiss as her just deliberately trying to irritate Jameson, because uh, you know earlier in this earlier you know Jameson already got on her nerves, and then he's ranting and raving about something else, and I, I just got the impression she laid a wet one on Spider Man because she thought, well, this will piss the old goat off even more. So I, I would be surprised if it goes anywhere, but then again, I've been wrong before. So, and for the the person that isn't familiar with facade, basically, Jr. This character appeared in Web, right, and was ne- killed. Ned Bannon, is that right? Lance Bannon. Lance, Lance Bannon. Bannon. I'm sorry. <laughs> you just you just merged Ned Leeds and Lance Bannon. I apologize. <laughs> Ned Leeds is spinning in his grave right now. Killed Lance Bannon. It was never resolved who Facade was. Right. 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 It's one of the all time one of the all time famous uh, unresolved plots of Spider Man. So. Yeah. Any idea who it is? <laughs> God, I don't. <laughs> you don't care. At this, don't really Twenty care. years later, we don't care. <laughs> I smasher. Ned Leeds. It was Ned Leeds. Uh, the entire time. All right, Don. Well, um, after, after some better last one. Oh yeah, after after my uh, psychotic break in the last story, this actually made me feel good about <laughs> Spider-Man. And I I genuinely was say I, I think I started off one of my reviews saying I want a slot back, even though I've been kind of critical. And I, not only did I get him back, but I thought this is one of the more enjoyable Spider-Man stories of a while. It wasn't you know it wasn't special in terms of you know this wasn't like something I always remember, but this put a smile on my face. I, I liked everything. I mean, the biggest con I have is I thought it was kind of ridiculous that Grady Scraps could make a time machine by himself on the weekend, and no one and he's like, "Oh, look at this." But that didn't that that wasn't a deal breaker for me. That didn't like you know that didn't make me want to uh, scream on a message board like I usually do. <laughs> and um, I, I I thought Ramos, I like I do like Ramos as an artist. I think when he draws uh, hyperkinetic fight scenes, 
his art becomes a little too ha- uh, uh, fast-paced for me. I like stories like this where it's a little more slowed down. And this was just a fun Spider-Man story. Like he was, this is Peter Parker. He's tall. He's confident. He's funny. He, you know, he says, uh, you know, we got to stop this now. No question about it. He doesn't freak out like a like an idiot. Yeah. And it's this is okay. I may have personal uh, opinions on Slot's run, but at least I can tell that Slot enjoys the character as opposed to Mark Way, who clearly hates him. Um, one thing we, we didn't pit up, which I think got lost in the reviews, is the whole Max Modell thing. Mm-hmm. With um, uh, his, oh, he's homosexual. Yeah. Yeah. Which <laughs> no. <laughs> There's a gay character in Spider-Man. <gasps> yeah. Yet somehow I'll still get called the homophobe. <laughs> I haven't said one word about it. I'll still get to blame for this. Thanks. Well, I, you spell it George G E O R G. Or or if you're Steve when, West, you spell it G O R G E. Right. Jorge. Yeah. 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 Jorge. Merriman, yeah. I think we've not read it because it was written so well that we barely recognized it. I mean, when I first read it, I, I didn't, I didn't, I thought he was talking about like a business partner. But when it came out that he was indeed talking about a romantic partner, I was like, okay, because it didn't, because there are ways in which people try to promote homosexuality by making it kind of farcical in comics, and I thought that was a believable and realistic way to do it. Um, so that was that, that was, and the facade thing made me laugh. That was the first part. The second part I liked even better because I just thought. The, um, I don't know. I, th- I thought it was a little more less uh, hyperconnect, I suppose. And I thought that I loved every scene with Mary Jane. Not only did I thought she was, was did slot writer very well, but I thought she looked gorgeous without taking her clothes off, which is you know how real life works. And I thought I loved especially the coloring on her hair. I prefer her as a redhead to be written like I kind of heavy inked hair with with like shades of red. And I just thought every panel looked. It kind of leaped off a page, which is an easy thing to say if you like the art, but I thought they genuinely did. It was gorgeous. And I thought this was a great, you know, two-part, one-and-done story. And, I mean, you know, uh, kind of fanboyish Doctor Who references aside, I thought it was a very well-told Spider-Man story. So I'm giving it an A. I thought it was great. Okay. I'll give it a B. I enjoyed almost every aspect you guys talked about, the Mary Jane scene, how he well, – the one place he had to be was with her, which is, you know, the – the optimist in me is showing that's another sign. They're going to get back together. Anyway. Um, I know. You say it every month. <laughs> every month I'm I, right. I, shut up. <laughs> that's your third bacon truth today. Oh, I'm going to smack you with some sausage of truth. Uh, <laughs> Easy there, Max. Just keep the sausage you know, tucked away, okay? We don't need to bring the sausage. This is uh, enough of a sausage party as it is. We're going to have, we're going to have an omelet anyway. Uh, B out of me, I liked both parts. It was a very nice uh, rinse of the mouth from last issue Uh-oh. with some scope. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, yeah, anyway, Don. You already called me an idiot. <laughs> what, now, what was your quote? Don, Brad Douglas, you're just wrong. Uh, yeah, that was it. <laughs> you, you, and, you and your milk bath of idiocy. No, he threw out an, uh, he threw out an F-bomb. With it. Yeah, really? Oh, effing wrong. He called yeah, me effing wrong. Effing wrong, yeah. Uh, I, I, I agree with, uh, disagree with Bertoni. I, I thought the, uh, the, the, uh, Madam Webb scene for the first time actually gave her something I can relate to her as a character. I, I can understand a working mom being a superhero, etc. Well, I thought you That's one of the things I've always... Time thing. <laughs> That's one of the things I've liked about that character ever since she first appeared in Secret Wars. She's a working mom. And she's a MILF. No, I'm just kidding. Uh... <laughs> <Sure you are. laughs> she's an Adam I'd like to 
Ma'am, I'd like the web. Uh, <laughs> Tell her future. Anyway, uh, again, two solid, nice two-parter. Uh, be out of me. Hopefully we don't have the ebb and flow. This kind of reminded me back in the day when we had the three times a month where we had Joe Blow write issue one to two, and then somebody else came in. There was no consistency with the I book. hated Joe Blow's run on Spider-Man. Yeah, it blew. Hey, Brad. <laughs> Brad? <laughs> yes, sir. I want to throw out a challenge to uh, Wade and Slot since they like doing all this stuff. You know, having all their characters act horny and stuff, and okay. you know, try to chase tail all the time. How, do it with your gay characters. How come? How come we can't see this model guy at Tricor and his uh, and his uh, life partner, whatever, going out of like angry grizzlies? Come on, <laughs> you know, be, be really daring. Let's see it. Come on. Wow. That well, be... How come we can't? How come if they're going to have Peter, you know, salivate over Felicia's breasts for several pages? Hey, how come? How come we can't see this model guy checking out his, uh, well, his buddy's butt all the time? Say, well, I can't wait nope. to get out of here. Nora Walters talked about uh, Robbie's junk a few issues ago, so yeah, yeah but that's not that's not really daring though. It's like that's like a dude and a guy. Okay, all right. I'm saying you know if you want to if you want to throw these people in there, hey, you know go go, go big or go home. Dan Slott is what I'm saying. All right. <laughs> On that note, <laughs> let's go urinate. We'll be right back. <laughs> we'll be right back after this right. urination. All right, I'll call you back in about five. All right. All right. And by the way, if anybody has HBO. Star Trek Two: Wrath of Khan is playing. Oh, oh sweet! I, yes, it's on what channel? Well, I have yeah, HBO. <laughs> it's on you bastards! <laughs> HBO family. God, you and your bacon of idiocy! <laughs> <laughs> well, I, all right, I'll call you back in five. All right, bye. Bye. I can actually hear you now. Hello. Oh, that's good. Are you on your computer Skype or are you on your uh... phone Skype? But I couldn't, you know, with, with phone Skype doesn't have a join call button, so you have to manually yeah. add me back. Uh, okay. I was. You see, I, I was like, you were screaming in the chat room, and I couldn't. I was busy <laughs> talking to Don about how much Black Cat loves sex. Okay, I'm sorry about that. I really, I genuinely didn't mean to like, lose my top. That's all I right. Thought I, I thought just, was long, just don't lose your bottom next time. <laughs> oh. Uh, 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 oh. I'd rather you lose your top. <laughs> that was nice for good listening. Um, on the message board thread, uh, yeah, people like people they come back with uh, questions for Josh, but they're like, they're like four. I I couldn't edit them back in the, their original questions, so they're like at the end. I don't know how you want to do that. I can I can oh. list them on the on the chat room when you get to those posters. Well, that's fine. Okay. All right, everybody ready? Yes. Let's do Let's it. See. All right, JR, I haven't heard you. You got you? Yeah, I'm here. <laughs> yeah, I'm here. You're not in trouble again, are you, JR? No, 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 not in trouble. Okay. Okay. He's waiting for Jack. the uh, heroin to kick in. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not the heroin. It's actually the designer drug uh, derived from uh, the lizard serum, which we'll discuss later, so... Yeah. Oh, well, hell. We we can't hit message board. We gotta hit JR's this month. No, you don't have to. No, 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 no. I love that segment. We missed it last month. Hold we on. Let me pull it up. Too. Oh shit. Okay. <laughs> Hold on. Oh. Hold. Hold up. Hold up. Hold up. Hold up. Hold up. Hold up. Okay. Joey Z is what I had that open. Okay. Joey Z. Okay, time for this month in spider history. We're going back to February of 1998, and we're revisiting one of my favorite JR recollections about the Joey Z storyline. We're going back, and I love the title of this one, JR. 
Who did Joey Z? <laughs> <laughs> and Peter Parker, uh, Spider-Man number 88 came out this month. Tell me about who did Joey. Well, I don't know. Based, based upon his reputation, just about every skank in lower Manhattan did Joey. <laughs> uh, but uh, unfortunately, uh, I, can't gi- I can't give you the, uh, the entertainment value uh, the, uh, uh, that I did the last time because Joey doesn't uh, – you know, Spider-Man doesn't frantically go looking for everybody who knows him this time. Basically, Joey just shows up dead. Uh, he's uh, the police find him totally encased in webbing and suffocated, and of course, everybody believes that Spider-Man did it. No matter how many times that Spider-Man has been accused of and exonerated of murder before, uh, Peter references it. You know, in fact, when he's at the Daily Grind visiting some old uh, so, some old haunts from the uh, the Clone Saga, where he tells Mary Jane, "Was I, I just got cleared from a, a crime when the Kingpin tried to frame me? Will people believe I'm innocent a second time? Yeah, no, dumbass. You've just been proven you've been proving yourself innocent for the last forty years. Yeah, no one will believe it again. <laughs> anyway." There's really not. There's a nice creepy scene with Norman Osborn. They, basically, what happens is everybody comes upon the crime scene. Jonah comes upon the crime scene, and uh, with Ben Urick and, and Peter to you know to write it up and take photos. And then Norman shows up because Norman's half owner of the Bugle. And there's a there's a good scene where Norman's saying that I told you Jonah that Spider-Man was evil and he could be around. He could could be among us, walking among us, outside of his costume, plotting his next crime. And, and Peter is just standing there, just absolutely fuming, wanting to rip this guy's head off. Um, this, is all, this issue also is the first appearance of the fifth Green Goblin, back when he was supposed to be Phil Urich rather than a disintegrating clone. Uh, you hate that character uh, so much. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, and basic... And, and, you know, basically, Spider-Man's got a million-dollar bounty upon his head. Because and this will figure into some other stories we discuss for this month. Because when Spider-Man went and beat up Norman uh, in Spectacular Number Two Hundred and Fifty, then the the Bugle put a million-dollar bounty on Spider-Man's head. So everybody's so everybody's after Spidey trying to collect it. So, uh, and the issue ends with uh, actually Spider-Man visiting Arthur Stacy for their long overdue chat. Uh, nice. Obviously, Arthur has been interested in Spider-Man for a long time because of his uh, involvement uh, in his niece Gwen's death. And so, right. you know, Spider-Man finally decides to show up and talk to Arthur. And basically what this story does, it's emphasize all of the things that never got resolved. Uh, we, we never got a satisfactory resolution for the fifth Green Goblin character. Who was Joey Z? Who did Joey Z? Who screwed Joey Z? Who went down on Joey Z? <laughs> Who watched Joey Z? You know, we, you know we, we never found out the answer to any of those questions. The Stacy family disappeared as soon as Mackie left the title and JMS um, uh, went on, uh, uh, came on. So whatever was going on with them, would never was resolved. Uh, this issue is almost a, a microcosm of of subplots that were started and then unfortunately never finished. Uh, and it's a beautiful cover, though, isn't it? With Spider-Man in the snow, with holding the pumpkin bomb. And and it's also got this great John Romita Jr. art. Because yeah. Mackie, I mean, for all the grief that Mackie takes, when he was paired with Romita Jr., uh, the the last few issues of Peter Parker Spider-Man had had a real, real kind of nice noir quality to them, uh, and uh, and really it's an underappreciated uh, run. Uh, mm-hmm. because, but you know, but it was you know, but people don't remember it fondly because you know Mackie burned out so so spectacularly uh, after the reboot. So. Right. 
Also that came out in February of 98 was Amazing Spider-Man number 431. This one is called The Carnage Cosmic. It's got a, uh, I think that's a Tom Lyle cover. No, uh, that's with, a... Uh, it's, it's not? It's a Bennett. It's a Bennett cover. I can't Joe remember Bennett. Mr. Joe Bennett, yeah. <clears throat> okay. Uh, looks like Carnage is on a red surfboard. He's stolen the power cosmic from the Silver <laughs> Surfer. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what, what happened. Written by Tom DeFalco, art by John Be- Joe Bennett. Take it, Jr. Yeah. Speaking of supervillains on surfboards, I never. <laughs> I, I remember one of the things that really sunk the second Fantastic Four movie for me was seeing Doctor Doom, who are, whose portrayal by Julian McMahon, you know, who Julian McMahon had already ruined anyway, uh, by <laughs> just seeing Doctor Doom, Doctor Doom flying by on a surfboard, and I thought this is so stupid. <laughs> I said, not even this. This is so stupid that they didn't even do it in the comic book. Well, guess what? Um, I was wrong. It was done in the comic book, Doctor Doom. Yep. So it was. anyway, so how does in Carnage a get on? Beloved story. It's what? In a much beloved story. Right. So anyway, what's more, uh, you know, what's more absurd than Doctor Doom riding a surfboard? Well, maybe Carnage. But anyway, this. This story is set up, uh, you got to remember, too, the time period. We're talking about uh, right after Heroes Reborn, uh, another infam- infamous Marvel experiment that crashed and burned, uh, where, uh, Marvel decide- <laughs> where Marvel decided to license some of its most popular characters to the, to the image guys who did such a bang-up job with them. Um, anyway, uh, so issue 430 is actually, this is the second part of a two-part tale uh issue 430 uh is where the uh, uh carnage of course one of the most overrated overused supervillains in spider-man's existence once again escapes from ravencroft because the bureaucrat in charge of ravencroft decides to save a little money and he decides to turn down the microwaves because carnage will never notice that the security protocols aren't as strong as they used to be. Well, guess what? You know, Carnage escapes and decides to announce that he's returned to the world by attacking Martha Robertson, Joe's wife, in a Daily Bugle elevator, which I guess is a lot cleaner and neater than other things he could have been doing in an elevator. But uh, anyway, he just Uh decides to attack Martha. Um, And the Silver Surfer just happens to be loitering around the Earth like he's wont to do. Uh, You know, he has the entire universe to to hang around in, but he he finds his way back to Earth every now and then. Uh, And so he just happens to pop in. And uh, it so happens that uh, he just happens to zoom by while Spider-Man is fighting Carnage. And the symbiote says, hey, the Silver Surfer, I know him, and uh, decides to uh, remake their acquaintance. Because, as it turned out, many eons ago, when the Silver Surfer was trolling for planets for his boss Galactus to eat, uh, uh, he, he found a world that had been completely overrun by symbiotes. So he just dialed up Galactus to, uh, Galactus to add that to the planetary buffet. Anyway... Apparently, Galactus uh, destroying all these symbiotes became what's called a race memory, however that happens. So now that every (laughs) symbiote remembers, even though they weren't there, every symbiote remembers Galactus eating the planet that they had taken over. So now all the symbiotes hate the Silver Surfer. Now, they don't necessarily hate Galactus, I guess. You know, they just, you know, this is a classic case of killing the messenger. So... Carnage takes over the Silver Surfer, and the Silver Surfer 
Kirk flies out into space. And meanwhile, we relive all of Cassidy's memories in a full page of Cassidy's problems. Yawn, yawn. You know, feel sorry for the guy. All right. This is where we also find out Cassidy has advanced stomach cancer and the symbiote was keeping him alive. So, which Paul Jenkins decided to later co-opt as a plot point for Eddie Brock and Venom in the second run of Spectacular Spider-Man. Jeez. And anyway, so for no good reason, the the symbiote and the surfer return to Earth because the surfer wants to reunite the symbiote with Cassidy because Cassidy's dying. So the symbiote, I mean, so the surfer... Not wanting to kill, uh, not wanting to be responsible for the death of anybody, even someone so loathsome as Cletus, decides that the surf, that the carnage and Cletus have to be reunited. But after he does that, he then encases the carnage in an unbreakable shell of ethereal energy, where she, he shall be free to comp- contemplate past misdeeds and hopefully seek his own form of redemption. Okay. Did you get that? Okay. All right. Anyway, uh, this story also ends with Joe Robertson resigning from the Daily Bugle, and because uh, Martha has been on him to quit for some time, particularly after Norman took over the Bugle, and Robbie decides now he's finally had enough and quits. So uh, they did. They did a. It's not as memorable as DeFalco's story about Plant Man. DeFalco wrote this one as well. Oh. Uh, man. They also later did a what if. Uh, see, and the reason Spider-Man can't find the Avengers is because of Heroes Reborn. They're not formed yet. So, you know, because there's no Avengers roster. So he calls Jarvis and he says, Jarvis, I need the Avengers. And the Avenger, and Jarvis says, well, there are no Avengers officially. <laughs> so, Everyone knows that. You know, My so, God. you know they hadn't they hadn't signed the roster, you know, and and so J- there were no. Jr., you've been re- have you read the new Carnage mini at all? Oh hell no! Why would I? <laughs> you know, four, four, I love it. Why would I pay four dollars for more of that crap? You know, I mean, yeah. uh, you know, it, it came to me as I read issue two of the new Carnage mini that both symbiotes now have lost their legs. For real? For well, Cletus uh, was uh, ripped in half by the century, and in the new mini, he's put back together with uh, me- mechanics, and the symbiote helps him walk, and so does the Venom with Flash Thompson. Anyway, well, it's a of creativity. I just thought that was interesting. Okay. Uh, also, that came out JR this month, Spectacular Spider-Man number 254 called Angst. Spider-Man is plunging from a helicopter with, what, is that tentacles? Is that, uh, well, sort uh, of. Knock-knock arms? Yeah, speak, yeah. Speaking, of, speaking of angst, that's what this has been going for so far. These are real duds right now. Uh, <laughs> Dr. Angst, it's called uh, the villain. Dr. Angst. Well, Dr. Angst is a scientist by the name of Jonathan Mueller, who is currently in the employ of Norman Osborn. Uh, mm-hmm. Because all the bad guys work for Norman now. Anyway, Doctor Angst is palling around with this genetically altered female called Sir, who uh, who looks <laughs> who you know looks who looks like any female bodybuilder that you would expect to look. You know, I mean, totally masculine and unfeminine, and you know, <laughs> are, and, and well, I better not go there. Anyway, um, <laughs> Doctor Angst has Sir capture Spider Man. Uh, because Norman wants to Dr. Angst to run all kinds of experiments on him to test the limits of his physical and emotional endurance. So not only does Dr. Angst's experiment have Peter, Spider-Man generating the floating heads of guilt, but now these are 
full-bodied floating bodies of Captain Stacy and Uncle Ben and Ben Riley and, and even a, a reference to uh, to Baby May. Um, but naturally, Spider-Man's will is too strong to be broken, and uh, he busts out of the machine, and smashes it, and and uh, run and, and and escapes. And then Norman comes out of the darkness, wringing his hands in absolute evil delight. So, uh, a couple of other uh, subplots that went on is um, Norman uh, uh, calls Ben Urich into his office at the Bugle and and dumps the uh, Legacy of Evil book uh, on the desk and says that Ben was misguided, and now Norman wants him to investigate the real Green Goblin and to expose the real Green Goblin for bringing shame upon Norman's family. And we also learned that in the prior issue that Aunt Anna accused Peter of having an affair on Mary Jane because he keeps disappearing all the time. Mary Jane decided to tell her the truth that Peter was Spider-Man, and of course, it was so absurd that Anna couldn't believe it, and so she immediately apologized. <sighs> well, we never see her again. Yeah. We haven't more, seen Aunt Any more winners this month? <laughs> oh man, we got several more. I, and I like DiMatteis' stuff, but that doesn't sound like one of his best. You know, it only works in the context of the story. It was of, of what was going on. DiMatteis' run here was actually somewhat interesting, yeah. uh, but it's 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 clear here that uh, the the, the Spider-Man titles were I don't know they were kind of flailing at this time. There were there were four of them. There were too many. You know, Marvel had just got done with Heroes Reborn. You know, and, and every it's it's they were just grasping at straws. I mean, everything was running out of gas. Uh, also came out this month, the sensational Spider-Man number 24, written by Todd DeZago and Todd Nock, called A Christmas Story. And this one has the Hydra Man, and on the cover, uh, Spider-Man is hopping uh, through a Christmas wreath, and Hydra Man is smashing a um, train set, it looks like. And in the, in the ornaments are the pictures of Jameson, I guess that's Mary Jane, that's Aunt Anna. Is that Billy Walters, maybe? Yeah, probably, yeah. And I don't know the mom and daughter here. Oh, well, that's uh, that's a little deaf girl, you know. Oh, that dude that's kind of yeah. he suspected was yeah that he and Peter were gay lovers. Yeah, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah remember the remember the little deaf girl? I think I think this is the first yeah. appearance of the little deaf girl. Uh, okay. But yeah, oh boy, this is really an unmemorable story. You know what the basis of this is? <clears throat> no clue. Billy Walters I... gives Peter a Christmas gift. Okay. Peter feels guilty about not getting Billy one. Peter, oh, finds, Peter, <laughs> Peter finds the perfect gift to give Billy the end. Bromance. <laughs> Bromance. Anyway, the, anyway so uh, the, the, one of the things about this is I reread this is the art. To me, it seems that everybody looks like they're a superhero squad character in the art. Um and uh, let's see, Peter sells some of his old monster comic books to get a gift for Mary Jane. Uh, and uh, he runs into Hydra Man for about a, pa an ish a page and then is gone. So, oh, boy, this was a filler. Yeah. This is really a filler. <laughs> As if that wasn't enough Spider-Man for this month, two, several more books came out. Marvel <laughs> team up. Marvel team up. Volume 2, Issue 6, where Spider-Man teamed up. With Namor, written by uh, Tom Payer 
and Tom DeFalco and art by the Josh Hood. It's called The Wrecking Ball. Spider-Man is uh, tied up in chains, getting thrown into the water, and Namor is coming at him in the cover. Yeah, phrase Tom, that Tom Pyre. How many classic Spider-Man comics did he write later? You're reading it, baby. Uh, <laughs> okay. Anyway, this one here, this is uh, The Wrecking Crew is back with the Wrecker, Wrecker's Enchanted Tire Iron, or, you know, whatever he uses as enchanted. Anyway, they're trashing Wall Street because they watched Die Hard with a Vengeance while they were in prison. And I'm not, I'm not, not making, am I making this up? I'm not making oh this up. Uh, they think there's gold under the street because it was in because oh my gosh, Jared. because it was a Die Hard with a Vengeance. And see, I'm not even trying to be funny. I'm just trying to tell it straight. That's how bad my material is. When I'm trying to be funny, I'm not. And then when I'm not being funny, I am. Anyway, so anyway, Prince Namor shows up because, but and because he was all part of this Heroes Reborn thing. You know, he just kind of pops in, you know, with no rhyme or reason, and he's totally discombobulated because he's back from the pocket universe. You know, and of course, when I think of the pocket universe, I think of those poly pockets, you know, but anyway, I, I don't think that's where Namor has been. But he's he's been from the pocket universe that Franklin Richards created. And since he doesn't know who he is or what he's doing, he, he sees the wrecking crew tearing things up. He decides to tear things up, too. Anyway, Spider-Man arrives. Spider-Man arrives on the scene and he's no match for the wrecking crew and the magic t-square so they all beat him up and rather than just you know bash his skull in and be done with him they decide to tie him up with chains and throw him in the river well spider-man thinking boy you know the submariner didn't look like he was on his game you know instead of trying to break out of these chains myself i think i'll just sink to the bottom of the river and hope that the sub this makes the submariner come to his senses and he'll come save me Oh, great. Well, that doesn't really work. Uh, you know, <laughs> and, and, Spider-Man, and Spider-Man does kind of come to the conclusion that that wasn't a particularly bright idea. And he's saying, sorry, Mary Jane, I guess I should have tried to save myself instead of relying on the stuff there. <laughs> it's Volume two of Team Up was just pitiful, wasn't it? Wasn't it? Well, I mean, volume one was too, but damn. That's hilarious. So anyway, but Namor does come to his senses and rescues Spider-Man, but he discovers yeah. that he can no longer breathe underwater. Oh. Anyway, they when they get they get they get back to the surface. The wrecking crew is gone, taken away by the taken away by their magic socket wrench. Spider-Man swings away, and Namor is left there standing to wonder why he can't breathe underwater anymore. A mystery which will not be solved until a couple months later when Namor actually takes over Volume Two of Marvel Team Up, uh, which Marvel Team Up was I think it was Spider-Man and Blade in issue number seven, and then right. after eight Namor took over. With Doctor Strange, and then he teamed up with Captain America, then he teamed up with The Thing. And the title was soon canceled afterwards, just like every other title yes. that the Submariner has headlined. So, yeah, I, I like Namor too, but man, he can't hold a book. So, anyway, this is the okay. 90s. Thank you, Tom Payer, for bringing us that classic one. As if that was enough Spider-Man this month, Spider-Man Unlimited number 19 came out called Where Monsters Dwell, with uh, the lizard, or at least it looks it looks more like the movie lizard on the cover, uh, grabbing Spider-Man by the throat, called Lizard's Prey. Mark 
Bernardo wrote it, art by Joe Bennett, who did that Carnage cover that we just talked about. Uh, more filler here, Jr. Well, what do you think? Well, yes, but uh, for those of you who are fans of Shed, okay, and thought, <laughs> oh, none of you, and, none of us. and none of us. you know, you were th- and you were thinking, man, what's all this discussion about the R complex and monkey brains and reptile brains? Well, guess what? Zeb Wells didn't make it up. Um, the story opens by Kirk Connors giving, and he's he's in Miami in Florida now. Uh, supposedly he's been healed of being the lizard, but we find out later that's not true. But anyway, he's given a group a full discourse on the R-complex, the reptile part of the brain that houses all of the basic in, basest instincts and desires. It will also make you... St- Start sniffing your coworkers and eating your offspring. But that's the best <laughs> anyway. So he's talking about the reptile side of the brain and uh, and all the and people are kind of acting weird. You know, they're just uh, you know they're they're drinking. Uh, Kurt's offering them water and you know here drink this water. Oh, thank you, thank you very much. And anyway, <laughs> so that'll believe it or not, that'll play into this later. Anyway, Peter is actually on assignment in Miami with Ben Urich. And he's, Welcome to Miami. And he's hanging out with Mary Jane, and he wanted to mm-hmm. see his buddy LeBron James because, you know, that was where, <laughs> you know, he hears that's where the parties are. That's why LeBron went. And, of course, he's, <laughs> out, he, he's out swinging a Spider-Man, which, you know, which makes sense, of course. You know, when you travel, when you're, you're Spider-Man or Peter Parker, and you go to a different city where Spider-Man's not, you know, isn't to be <laughs> You start swinging around. Nobody's yeah. going to start to ask questions. Hmm, why is Spider-Man in Miami? And no one's going to start checking. Well, who recently flew into Miami? You know, recently. Yeah. And nobody that you came with, like, for example, uh, Ben Urich, uh, is going to question why Spider-Man and, and Peter Parker just happen to be in Miami at the same time. So anyway, so Spidey's swinging around Miami, and he sees a bunch of kids robbing a video game store and breaks it up. And as he, he, as he j- jumps down there, he finds out that one of the kids is none other than Gasp, Billy Connors. So, oh, yeah. Let's... Isn't it a teenage Billy Connors now? I don't know what it no, is. No, he's lizard, he's lizard poop now. Yeah, but, you know. No, I know, but it, he's aged and de-aged more than Franklin Richards. Yep, he's, anyway, the little bastard deserved to get eaten, I guess. Dropping <laughs> off, wow. off a video game store. Anyway, oh, poor, poor Billy is taken to a life of crime because mom and dad don't give him enough love. Which essentially is what he says. Mom and dad don't give me enough love, so I'm turning to a lot of crime. Okay. Now, what, love, now, you, know? now you may ask, well, why is Phil Urich down in Miami anyway? Well, Phil is wanting to – Phil, I called him Phil, didn't I? Ben is trying to – He, uh, for some reason, crime is on the upswing in Miami for reasons other than the fact that LeBron James' mother is down there getting drunk and, and beating up uh, Dorman. But anyway – uh, yeah, you got to you got to know about LeBron's time here in Cleveland and his crack his crack whore mother to understand that one, I guess. But uh, anyway, so Yurik is meeting with a crime boss in Miami known as the Slug, and guess what? The Slug is a big fat white dude. So you know, why is it that big fat white dudes turn into crime lords? You know, I mean, it's like, is it something about being big and fat and white that makes you want to be a crime lord? It's, it's like, I always thought of the slug as, what if the kingpin just let it go? <laughs> you know? Stop yeah. being in shape like he is. You know, exactly. I, mean, I don't know. Why don't we have big, fat, you know, black crime lords or half black, half Hispanic crime lords? I mean, oh, you know. Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> Not again. I can't take it. <laughs> anyway, what's happened is there's a new hallucinogenic ju- drug on the street that's competing with what the, with what the slug is offering. <laughs> so anyway, so there's this new dr- you can you can either buy the the drugs that are brought to you by the slug or you can <laughs> <laughs> Or I you get all my I get all my drugs, drugs from the slug. <laughs> no, no, so you can try some other drugs. Anyway, now what? Uh, why, now you know, of course, why a local Florida reporter isn't investigating it, I don't know. But then we wouldn't have a story. So anyway, MJ is out partying. They're all with that. dead. <laughs> That's true. MJ's out partying with that other party animal, Martha Connors. <laughs> no one gets down like Martha Connors. <laughs> yeah, no oh, one. Yeah, did too. You know, but then again, she is married to a giant lizard, and she does, you know, and she has sired a a, a, a video store robbing kid who's later going to get eaten, and she's going to die of cancer later. So I guess she could have a good time, you know. Spoilers, now spoilers, and then. Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. <laughs> but anyway, she's depressed about Kurt, you know, because even though Kurt is no longer the lizard, supposedly. Uh, he's he's become real down on what a lousy place society is and what a rotten world it is to bring children up into and what a rotten world it is where Whitney Houston hooks up with the loser like Bobby Brown and we all know how that story ended, you know. So, anyway, so Martha's way to be timely there, Jr. <laughs> oh, well, anyway, but, you know. Wow. So anyway, oh, the, the hate mail is gonna flow. <laughs> Peter, Peter has come to the conclusion that something's not quite right with Kurt. Uh, you know, um, so he decides to visit Kurt, and he finds out that rather than being the lizard, Kurt has become and has turned into something far worse. A slug? No, he's, he's turned into a tree-hugging environmentalist. Uh, <laughs> because he's talking about how man, Kurt is talking about how mankind is wrecking the planet. So, I mean, so Kurt the environmentalist is worse than Kurt the lizard any time. But anyway, Kurt makes a, an offhanded comment about, because Peter brings up about how Billy's acting, and Kurt brings up the fact that, well, what do you know about being a parent until you have kids of your own? And, of course, back then we were still acknowledging that, you know, baby May had been around and, and supposedly been miscarried. So Peter's thinking, well, Kurt really is off his rocker if he's using that if, you know, if he's using that as a low blow. So what do we find out, you know, later? Well, we find out that the, actually the lizard has been in subtle control of Connor's monkey brain this whole time. <laughs> now, they don't use the term monkey brain, but they might as well. Because we see that really, ever since, I guess, the last time the lizard met Spider-Man, which wasn't the Peter Parker Spider-Man, but it was the Ben Riley Spider-Man, the lizard actually has been in control of Connor's brain. And he made Connor, Connor's develop this designer drug based on the lizard serum. And he's been giving it to a bunch of dumbass teenagers to go around taking, and they turn into quasi-lizards, you know. <laughs> now, you know, and you know, you know what's the difference? Between, what's the difference between dumbass teenage lizard uh, teenagers on lizard drugs and dumbass teenagers in particular? I don't know. Anyway, three ninety three ninety nine. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, what the lizard's going to do is he goes down into he's down at the Miami Reservoir now, and he's going to dump all this lizard serum into the water, and he's going to put everybody under his control, and this is going to result in a new era of reptile ascendancy. 
The classics yeah. never get old, do they? He always does so, this. He always, tries to, he always tries to make more of himself by either having sex yep. or making making science. He always tries to make more lizard people every single time. And, yep. and, and uh, he's going to succeed, actually, in the, in, in the Amazing Spider-Man. Spoiler, spoiler. So, you know, uh, like I said, the classics never get old. Oh, my um, goodness. Yeah. Anyway, the lizard has injected Spider-Man with his d- new designer drug. And Spidey is about to turn savage and kill the lizard before Martha Connor shows up and pleads with Spider-Man not to kill her husband. Martha, you should have let him do it. Anyway, <laughs> but, then, but then she really tortures the lizard because she comes up with this extremely painful, tortured explanation for Kurt's and the lizard's motivations over the years, that the lizard is really Kurt's punishing humanity for causing him to lose his arm in war oh, years God. ago. So... Mm. So that's why the lizard now is Kurt's way of punishing humanity for costing him his arm. Lord knows what would have happened if he'd he'd lost what Lorena Bobbitt took from John. (laughs) Then there's no telling how psycho Kurt would. Wow, that'd be a dick move. So yeah. Uh. (laughs) And so wow. So anyway, this story Martha tells. Kurt is enough to turn him back into Kurt Connors, and he Man. decides to go away for treatment. Yeah, that'll work. And no so doubt. you have another Spider-Man Unlimited classic. No. <laughs> bravo, Jr. Bravo. Oh. And and also that came out this month. I don't know if you want to talk about Jr. But you got your wish. Avengers Volume Three Number One came out. Kurt Busiek and George Perez started, and uh, Spidey guest stars in that for just a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, this, uh, this is all, yeah, and then the Fantastic Four, Volume 3, 1. Volume 3, number 2, he has a little cameo. Spidey yeah. cameo appearance as part of a story that takes place in Empire State U. Yeah, yeah Hero uh, of the Fallout again, so. Yep. He was also in X-Man, number 35. He made a cameo. And this other one I've never heard of, and I don't have it. It's called Conspiracy, and it's got J. Jonah Jameson, Spider-Side, and Jackal or make a cameo in it. So also we've got damage control. What? What? Do you have this one, Jr.? I've never heard of this book. No, I don't. I do remember when it came out, and I, I briefly burn stole it, and it, and, it, and did, I don't even remember. Mo- it was about the whole idea was that all the superheroes came into being through some sort of overriding conspiracy. Right. Yeah. Dan Abnett, Igor Corday penciled it. Show and tell. Yeah, it, uh, it's, it's for- pretty memorable, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, I have no clue. Yeah. You know, this may actually be in my in my boxes. I may have ordered it this month, that month, but I don't remember. But I don't think we've seen Spider Side and Jackal since the Clone Saga. They both died. And they, they, now, they're Spider in this. Side's dead. <laughs> so well, was the Jackal, they, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah well, they later. can't bring the Jackal back. He fell to his death and made like an imprinting print in the concrete. I mean, I guess yeah. they can bring him back, but then they could at least have to have an explanation, have him explain how he came back. Who knows? Yeah. Good or bad month, Jr. Well, you can't tell by the. <laughs> what do you think? Yeah. Sounds like 2012. <laughs> Sounds like you just asked Jr. to relieve a uh, kick to the Tic Tacs that he got about. Uh, I, apologize. I apologize. All right. You know, it really wasn't as bad as as I just made it seem. I mean, I really didn't think that Mackey's run on on uh, uh, Peter Parker was that bad, and and oh. Mateus's run on uh, Spectacular was that bad. I actually kind of like those, but. The thing is, they everything just wimped at, whimpered out. I mean, it just kind of uh, it was also lost in the shuffle of the sheer quantity. Yeah, yeah, that's it. 
I mean, there, there just was so much. And obviously, Tom DeFalco, this was his second run on Amazing. And, uh, you know, you know, based yeah. on Plant Man, you can tell what a, what a classic run that was. Uh, I'm not sure he puts that on his resume anymore. Um, just pretty, pretty unmemorable. And that's a wrap on this episode. We have one more coming out this month. Before we go, I want to give it a shout-out to our sponsor, MailOrderComics.com. A spider example of their great prices is on Spider-Man, the complete Ben Riley epic book number four. This one has a lot of material. It has Amazing Spider-Man, number 411 to 413. It has Daredevil, number 354. Sensational Spidey, 4 to 6. Spec Spidey, number 234. Adjectiveless Spider-Man, 68 to 70. Spider-Man Redemption, which is awesome, number 1 to 4. Also, Spider-Man Team Up, not so awesome, number 3. And Spider-Man Unlimited, number 12. Now, the cover price of this book is 40 bucks. Mail order has it for just $24.79. So check them out at mailordercomics.com. Also, add them on Facebook. Just type in Mail Order Comics in the search bar. Thanks for listening, gang. I'm your host and webmaster, Brad Douglas, for the Spider-Man Crawlspace.com. Spider-Man Crawlspace.com.